You are welcome to Antioch Bible study today. Um, we are, for those of you who have been on the platform every Monday, you know we are studying the Gospel of John, and we will return to the Gospel of John. But today, by the Spirit of God, we want to enter into a birthing. That's what the Bible calls it, birthing experience, where we come together to take the bull by the horns and cause the purposes of God Almighty to be established in our lives. And the wonderful thing about this is that when we do it corporately, we can do it privately for our lives. So let us bow our heads to prayer as we go into this study, standing before the Lord, the school of prayer, King immortal, invisible, the only true God. Lord, we empty ourselves of everything that will hinder you. And we yield totally to your Holy Spirit to expound your word to us, to quicken us and to empower us to go forth to birth the new Nigeria in the hands of the Lord, that we may fulfill destiny all to the glory of your most holy name. For it is in Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, let's go to um, Genesis chapter 18 as we meditate on this. Verse 20, I'm reading today's English version. Then the Lord said to Abraham, there are terrible accusations against Sodom and Gomorrah, and their sin is very great. I must go down to find out whether or not the accusations which I have heard are true. Then the two men left and went on towards Sodom. But the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached the Lord and asked, are you really going to destroy the innocent or righteous with the guilty? If there are 50 innocent people in the city, will you destroy the whole city? Wouldn't you spare, spare it in order to save the 50? Surely you won't kill the innocent with the guilty. That's impossible. You can do that. If you did, the innocent would be punished along with the guilty. That is impossible. The judge of all the earth has to act justly. The Lord answered, if I find 50 innocent people in Sodom, I will spare the whole city for their sake. Verse 27, Abraham spoke again. Please forgive my boldness in continuing to speak to you, Lord. I'm only a man and have no right to say anything. But perhaps there will be only 45 innocent people instead of 50. Will you destroy the whole city because there are five too few? The Lord answered, I will not destroy the city if I find 45 innocent people. 
Abraham spoke again. Perhaps there will be only 40. He replied, I will not destroy it if there are 40. Abraham said, please don't be angry, Lord, but I must speak again. What if there are only 30, he said. I will not do it if I find 30. Abraham said, please forgive my boldness in continuing to speak to you, Lord. Suppose that only 20 are found. He said, I will not destroy the city if I find 20. Abraham said, please don't be angry, Lord, and I will speak only once more. What if only 10 are found? He said, I will not destroy it if there are 10. After he had finished speaking with Abraham, the Lord went away and Abraham returned home. Like I said earlier, we are suspending our studies in the book of John to join hands together as groups and as individuals to intercede for our nation, Nigeria, in this season of change. If you joined us last Saturday at the worship experience, we dwelt extensively on the truth found in scripture about permission center of heaven, where all decisions are made and all permissions are granted. It was the prophet Jeremiah who told us in Lamentations 3.37 that the Lord God Almighty has to grant permission before anything good or evil can happen on the earth. Every believer needs to pay very close attention to that truth. Nothing good or evil can happen without permission. I must say that this series is not lessons on prayer, but more of a recruitment, really, for all of us directly or indirectly concerned, so that we can begin to pray, because it is to us that that task has been given. And we must pray in one accord. There is a reality staring us in the face in Nigeria. And that is really where we are going to center on. Okay? I'm sure many of us must have heard that prophecy delivered by the late Pastor S.G. Elton. Here is the prophecy in a nutshell. Nigeria will be known for corruption all over the world. After that, a season of righteousness will come and Nigeria will be known for righteousness all over the world. And Nigeria will now fulfill her destiny. Now, for the last seven to eight years, we have witnessed this season of unbridled, destructive corruption, unprecedented in our history. And now is the time to pray for the season of righteousness to follow. Where do we see this pattern 
we go to the book of Daniel, where we are told that the prophet searched the books of prophecy and noted that the captivity of Judah in Babylon and Persia was to last 70 years. When he saw that 70 years was approaching and nothing appeared to be happening, he knew it was time to pray. So let us listen to Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, just the first four verses. Darius the Mede, who was the son of Xerxes, ruled over the kingdom of Babylonia. In the first year of his reign, I was studying the sacred books and thinking about the 70 years that Jerusalem will be in ruins according to what the Lord had told the prophet Jeremiah. And I prayed earnestly to the Lord God, pleading with him, fasting, wearing sackcloth, and sitting in ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed the sins of my people. I said, Lord God, you are great. This, and we honor you. You are faithful to your covenant. And you show constant love to those who love you and do what you command. And, and the prayer went on. But what Daniel was saying to us is that when he realized that the, the captivity that they were subjected to was a prophetic word. And at that time, spoken about in that prophecy for 70 years. He knew he had to beseech heaven so that that season of change to bring the people back home would come. He knew that the prophecy was true. He knew that unless we traveled before the Lord unless we come together to birth the change. The permission may be delayed until a generation will arise that understood that this season of unprecedented evil is to be followed by a season of righteousness. So, you and I are here we have had corruption in governance over the years. But in the last seven plus years, we have gone through what can only be described as unprecedented destructive corruption in governance that corrupted every arm of government toxically. Neither the legislators nor the judiciary were left out. It was so unprecedented that a man who came forth in an election was imposed on a state by the judiciary as governor using spurious votes which had been discountenanced by, by the INEC, the authority, because it, that, that case went to the tribunal, it failed. It went to the appeal court, it failed. Because the, the police, the, 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 the votes the police 
uh, uh, brought were in admission. But can you imagine when he went to the Supreme Court, the votes were admitted and the man became governor. It's unprecedented. Why is this matter of seven years important to us? Because we learn from Joseph's interpretation of Pharaoh's dream that seasons of good and evil change in seven years. You know, you see, I tell people that the Bible is about principles and patterns. You look for a pattern. Is there a pattern? Yes, there is. Pharaoh's dream, Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream. He said to Pharaoh in Genesis 41, 35, 25 rather, Joseph said to the king, the two dreams mean the same thing. God has told you that he's going to do what he's going to do. The seven fat cows are seven years. Seven full heads of grain are also seven years. They have the same meaning. The seven thin cows which came up later and the seven thin heads of grain scorched by the desert wind are seven years of famine. It is just as I told you, God has shown you what he's going to do. There will be seven years of great plenty in all the land of Egypt. After that, there will be seven years of famine and all the good years will be forgotten because the famine will ruin the country. The time of plenty will be entirely forgotten because the famine which follows will be so terrible. The repetition of your dream means that the matter is fixed by God, that he will make it happen in the near future. The prophecy of the late Pastor S.G. Elton said there will be a season of corruption. And Nigeria will be known for corruption all over the world. After that, there will be a season of righteousness. And Nigeria will be known for righteousness all over the world. We are going through this season of unprecedented, destructive corruption. Like Daniel, we must bet down and give birth to the season of righteousness. Let us uh, go to the prophet Isaiah for some encouragement in this. In Isaiah 66 verse 7. My holy city is like a woman who suddenly gives birth to a child without ever going into labor. Has anyone ever seen or heard of such a thing? Has a nation ever been born in a day? Zion will not have to suffer long before the nation is born. Do not think that I will bring my people to the point of birth and not let them be born. The Lord has spoken. Rejoice with Jerusalem. Be glad for her, all you that love this city. Rejoice with her now, all you that have mourned for her. You will enjoy her prosperity like a child at his mother's breast. The Lord says, I will bring you lasting prosperity. The wealth of the nations will flow to you like a river that never goes dry. You will be like a child that is nursed by its mother, carried in her arms and treated with love. I will comfort you in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. When you see this happen, you will be glad. It will make you strong and healthy. 
then you will know that I, the Lord, help those who obey me. And I show my anger against my enemies. The prophet says that when you come to a season where God has a reason over a matter, when God has a, 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 a reason for change, it's not the change, okay, it talks about by men, no, prophetically. When you come to that, you don't need to struggle too much. So as soon as Zion travails, he brings forth. Because that is the season. The reason we must all join hands to pray now, more than before, is that I believe this is a credible prophecy. And one half of which has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled before our eyes. We are living in this season of unparalleled destructive corruption. It is for this reason that you and I must become pregnant with the season of righteousness so we can bring it forth to birth. Every hand must be on deck because we have gone through seven years of corruption in the prophecy of Pastor Elton. According to that prophecy, it should swing into our long-awaited, longed-for season of righteousness. For many who have prayed for years, agonized, waited on the Lord, fasted for this season of righteousness to come. Because without it, hmm, I can't imagine what will happen. The prophet Isaiah said that as soon as we begin to travail, the nation will be born. This series on prayer is a call to every believer who understands and receives credible prophecies from credible men and women of God to join hands. And let us take the bull by the horns in this season. I believe the word given by Elton. As some of you may know, I have personally had experience of the uncanny word that he spoke in those days. For those who may not have heard me tell the story, about the year 1971 or 1972, Pastor Elton was in the University of Ibad to lead the annual one-week revival at the beginning of each session. In my spiritual life, I could say I was in the valley of decision. Not sure whether I should stay on the fence in my Christian life or plunge deep into a walk with God that was truly life transforming. Having come from the Civil War, I was inclined to stay at the borders and not go too deeply in my walk with God. That was my natural inclination. So every time they asked us to make a total commitment of our lives to God, I would say, not yet. Let's be going slowly. Then I attended Pastor Elton's odd hour meeting for those who wanted to know more. It was at 3 p.m. in the at 3, in 3 in the afternoon and it was for just one hour. There, 
I received that word through Pa Elton that totally changed my life forever. Without knowing me, without knowing my dilemma, he pointedly said, young man, let me tell you, you can never be better than God can make you. I said to myself, really? If I can never be better than God can make me, then let's go, then let's go, let's go. I threw all reservations to the wind and jumped in. And my life had never been the same again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It was a liberating word straight to me from heaven through him. After that, I really cut loose and plunged in with all zeal and with all my might, with every resource. Looking back, I can testify that that was a true word from God. His prophecy to us as Christians in Nigeria is a word of hope. Because the season of corruption will not be interminable. It will be followed by the season of righteousness Amen. that will lead us to fulfill destiny. Glory, Amen. hallelujah. Amen. That's why we, we, we paused our irregular studies to say no. No, we, we like Daniel, we have to we have to watch the times. We have to, so that we can do the needful that will trigger the purposes of God in our lives. So how should we proceed? I want us to, to take time to look at the challenge of being in one accord. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about being in one accord. When the people who are praying are in one accord, The Bible acknowledges the power of unity, of purpose. In Genesis 11, 5 to 6, then the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which they had built. And he said, now and then, these are all one people. And they speak one language. This is just the beginning of what they are going to do. Soon, they will be able to do anything they want. Because they have one purpose. The city of Babel is a revelation of the negative power of unity. But it reveals that the people that are of one mind are unstoppable. But in Acts chapter 4, we learn of the positive results of being in one accord. In Acts chapter 4, 23, as soon as Peter and John were set free, they returned to their group and told them what the chief priests and the elders had said. When the believers heard it, they all joined together in prayer to God, master and creator of heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them. By means of the Holy Spirit, you spoke through our ancestor, David, your servant, when he said, why were the Gentiles furious? Why did the people make their useless plots? The kings of the earth 
prepared themselves and the rulers met together against the Lord and his Messiah. For indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together in this city with the Gentiles and the people of Israel against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you made Messiah. They gathered to do everything that you, you by your power and will had already decided would happen. And now, Lord, take notice of the threats they have made and allow us, your servants, to speak your message with all boldness. Reach out your hand to heal and grant that wonders and miracles may be performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they finished praying, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to proclaim God's message with boldness. When the people prayed in one accord, they brought down the anointing. That's, that's what is important. The anointing they needed came down. The anointing for the season and their fears vanished. Their boldness returned and the kingdom of God prospered. It is the anointing for the season. Every season of change calls for the release of the anointing for change. Our Lord Jesus Christ taught us that the answer to our prayer requests is the release of the anointing or the release of the Holy Ghost for the season. Take a look. In Luke chapter 11, verse 9. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread, from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? In this scripture, we learn that what we need to be released through prayer is the anointing for the change to take place. No matter what your need is, the anointing breaks every yoke. The anointing paves the way. The anointing destroys every enemy. That is the end answer. And our Lord Jesus Christ, he taught us that that answer is guaranteed when he said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. So, we can come to heaven together to say, Lord, the anointing to birth this season of righteousness in Nigeria, please release upon us, release upon our land. We come to the conclusion that the major thrust of our prayer, therefore, is for heaven to release the Holy Spirit of change so that this season of destructive corruption can give way to the season of righteousness Amen. so that our nation, Nigeria, can fulfill her destiny. This Amen. should be the principal concern of every Christian, season of righteousness. 
But like I said, there's a little more to this teaching on prayer by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The first thing he taught, the certainty of the answer to prayer, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, nor can the door will be opened unto you. Again, he reinforced the certainty of the answer in verses 11 to 13. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? You know, it's a rhetoric response. Of course not, will be the answer. If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Okay, so that is the certainty of the answer, that if we ask, particularly in the season of change, then he will answer. Amen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Evil men like us, who are fathers, answer the requests of our children, our Lord Jesus said. Our heavenly Father, the God of love and compassion, is ever willing to release the anointing that breaks every yoke and meets every need to those who ask him. But there is a challenge here, a very serious one at that. And that challenge is this. Is it possible for Nigerian Christians to come together and pray in one accord? Is it possible? Praying in one accord for us Christians in Nigeria is a tough very tough task because when it comes to praying for Nigeria, admittedly, the church in Nigeria is to a large extent divided along ethnic and religious or denominational lines. That's the tragedy. That is the tragedy. I've seen so many videos. That is not altogether strange. Such fault lines are seen in many nations where the churches are divided along racial and denominational lines. So the question is, is there a way we can come together in one accord without provoking these sensitive cleavage lines? Is there a way? I believe the answer is a resounding yes, there is a way. Amen. We can come together in one accord to pray for the season of righteousness to begin. Yes, no matter. We can come together bearing the new season of righteousness in our spiritual wombs. And when we travail in birth, a new Nigeria in the hand of the Lord will be born at once. Amen. Amen. Brethren, Anywhere and everywhere, we can all rally around the prophecy of Paelti in the same way that the prophet Daniel found a rallying point in the prophecy of Jeremiah. He received the prophecy of Jeremiah and approached God with what he said he had said would happen. That carved open the door for Cyrus to come up and decree the return of the Jews to their homeland, to rebuild their city and the temple. 
We can all rally around the prophecy of Paiatin and pray, Lord, you spoke through the mouth of your servant, Pastor Elton, that there will be a season of corruption to be followed by a season of righteousness that will lead our nation to fulfill our destiny. Our Father in heaven, we have seen and experienced this horrendous season of destructive corruption. And now, O oh Lord our God, have mercy upon us. Forgive yeah. us all our sins and let your grace release unto us the anointing for the season of righteousness that will lead us to fulfill our destiny as a nation. You see, we must center on righteousness. That's what our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and righteousness. Yes, we can come together under the credible word of prophecy that is part fulfilled. Let us rise to give birth to the second part of that prophecy so we can fulfill destiny as a nation. Let us break free of ethnic, denominational, and whatever divides that plague us as believers in Nigeria and believers from Nigeria, let us cry mightily to God to send us the anointing for this season of righteousness that will empower us to fulfill destiny. Now, we need to draw a parallel from Israel under the uh, um, rulership of the prophet Samuel. Now here's 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 4, the request for a king. Then all the leaders of Israel met together, went to Samuel in Ramah, and said to him, look, you are getting old, and your sons don't follow your example. So then, appoint a king to rule over us, so that we will have a king as other countries have. Samuel was displeased with their request for a king. So he prayed to the Lord. The Lord said, listen to everything the people say to you. You are not the one they have rejected. I'm the one they have rejected as their <laughs> king. Okay, so now the people want a king, something that is unprecedented in the history of Israel. Okay, First Samuel 9, 15. Now on the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed to Samuel tomorrow, about this time, I will send to you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him to be ruler over my people Israel, shall save my people from the hand of the Philistines, for I have seen the suffering of my people, because their outcry has come to me. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord told him, here is the man of whom I spoke to you. He it is who shall rule over my people. Okay, so now, um, Samuel was, you know, he said, well, you need a king. We have to wait on God. We have to wait on God. And then God, God, God comes and says, I, I've, I've chosen Saul to, to, to be the man of the hour. Okay, so Samuel goes ahead and uh, anoints Saul king. But that's not where I'm going. The rejection of Saul. First Samuel 13, 8. He waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal. The people began to slip away from Saul. So Saul said, bring the burnt offering here to me. 
the offerings of well-being. He offered the burnt offering. As soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to meet him and salute him. Samuel said, what have you done? Saul replied, when I saw that the people were sleeping away from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines were mustering at Mi'kmash, I said, now the Philistines will come down upon me at Gilgal and I have not entreated the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. Samuel said to Saul, you've done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord, your God, which he commanded you. The Lord will have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom will not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has appointed him to be ruler over his people because you have not kept the Lord, what the Lord commanded you. Okay, so uh, uh, um, Saul is rejected. You know, any dreams he may have had for dynastic rule is cut off. So we go to 1 Samuel 16. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who have provided for myself a king among his sons. Okay, verse 11. Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains here the youngest, but he's keeping the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, but will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy here and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. The Lord said, rise and anoint him, for this is the one. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. The spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David. From that day forward, Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. When we receive this prophecy of Pa'elti and pray to actualize the second part of it, the Lord God will answer. And the process of birthing a nation of righteousness will begin. You know, when, when Israel asked for a king, the, it, it, now David, David became their founding father. But David wasn't born when they were asking for a king. So, retrospectively, we can say, well, since because David wasn't born, he gave them a stopgap king, <laughs> you know. Who would uh, disqualify himself over time? So when you pray for the purposes of God, you just believe God that he will answer. He will, he, somebody will turn up who will lead to this goal. What you are interested in is the goal. The season of righteousness must begin. It's not about who God will choose. You don't know. Who God will walk with, you don't know. But to rise and say, Lord, we have suffered the season of wicked corruption. Now, look upon us with compassion and let the season of righteousness begin. The important yes. emphasis is on the season of righteousness. It's not about uh, uh, groups and this and that. No, don't get involved in that because that's where people make a mess and get trapped and tricked. And that's how you enthrone all kinds of people because we are, we are not centered on righteousness. 
Pastor Elton didn't say, oh, a season of um, uh, evil will come from uh, 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 Sokoto or come from uh, uh, Abba or come from uh, Elorin. No, he didn't say. He said it's a season of righteousness. Now we are seeing who it came through. The same thing. Okay, let us, let us bet down and say, Lord, we need this season of righteousness. And then watch who, who it will come through. Amen. That is the way to pray. That is the way to, 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 to not to be affected by all these things that men are trapped in. You know, get away from it as a, as a spiritual person and stay where God is staying. The season, the prophecy is there will be a season of corruption and then there will be a season of righteousness. It's time for you and I then to bend over, to gather together, to say to ourselves, Lord, give us this season of righteousness this time. Give Amen. us this season of righteousness. You know, we don't care who it comes through, but give us the season of righteousness. The man you will walk with, the man you have chosen, the man you can walk with, give us a season of righteousness. Amen. When Israel asked for a king, they didn't know who God would choose. Now, Judah was one of the biggest um, uh, uh, tribes in Israel, followed by Ephraim and Manasseh. But the king didn't come from there. He didn't come. He came from Benjamin, the smallest. That's the way God works. So let us arise and pray. You know, break free. Break free of all these prejudices and cleavages. Break free so we can be in one accord. Amen. Righteousness. A season of righteousness. And it doesn't have to be to be a long prayer. You can pray that in your own corner after we've prayed it here. Lord, we receive that prophecy from Pi A season of corruption to be followed by a season of righteousness that will help us fulfill destiny. For people, according to that word in its, full, in its, full, in its fullness, people will be coming there to say, what are you people doing right? Amen. So, I want us to, to rise up with one accord, everyone on this platform, and take this message everywhere you go. We can pray together. We can be in one accord. When we pray for the season of righteousness to come in now so we can fulfill destiny. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much, doctor. We have our first question. It says... Do you think that this Pi-Elting prophecy will be actualized politically? <laughs> of course. <laughs> a season of righteousness. When you talk about a season of righteousness from heaven, you know, you, 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 you are praying for God to intervene politically, culturally, spiritually, you know, every way. God, you see, you need to believe in God. God knows what to do. I tell people, God knows what to do to bring you to where you want to be. That's what Pastor Elton told me when I was a young man. He said, God, you can, you can never be better than God can make you. If you leave it in the hand of God, you will testify that God is good. And that's the yeah. same thing we, we, I'm saying. Let us rise and do. Leave this matter in the hand of God. He knows exactly how to walk through the labyrinth of uh, politics and culture and all of this. How to walk through it. 
But let there be a people. Let there be a people calling for a season of righteousness. Amen. And how God will do it, we don't know. We don't yes, exactly. Know. Exactly. We don't have to know. We just pray and believe. Uh, doctor, you know, yes. I know you. I know you've highlighted it, but I want you. I want you to highlight it yet again about the cleavages and the the separations and finding that common ground that we can all come together and be in one accord in this matter. Yes, and, and that's why it is necessary. It is necessary, you know, to be a spiritual person, and a spiritual person stays where God is. Okay, Samuel didn't take sides. There are twelve tribes. He didn't go to this one and say, well, these ones are uh, my people. The other one, Samuel himself is, is a Levite. So, 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 or was a Levite. So he didn't take sides. He just waited for God. And one day the Bible says, God whispered in his ear. That's the man. Samuel didn't know that Saul was going to be a stopgap king anyway, you know. But then when Saul failed woefully, he grieved him because he was the one who crowned Saul. God told him, say, well, I'm, I'm done with Saul. I am done with him. We have another person. That is it. It's God. So if you and I pray now, we may get a stopgap, and then we'll get the real thing. But, but let the foundation of righteousness be laid. This is the important thing. We cannot continue like this. We, no, we, there is no way we can continue like this. Amen. <sighs> Okay, but righteousness that the Bible says exalts a nation. Amen. Yes, so doctor, amen. amen. Doctor, tell us this. Um, when you talk about Samuel and his grieving over Saul, can you use it to highlight the role of the spiritual fathers and spiritual elders to take responsibility for the, the, the their disciples who well, they're not quite, they're not, they're, okay, well, I mean, they're, they're, they're disciples. They're not quite, it's not quite the same. Don't forget that um, Samuel was presiding over a theocratic, direct theocracy, okay? So um, um, he was taking personal responsibility because he thought Saul, not that he thought, he felt maybe Saul was his mistake, you know how things will happen and you're like, did I really hear well, you know? How did, uh, uh, how can I say that God chose a man that is so spiritually naive? You know, you're not a Levite and, and, and you're not a, 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 from the, a, a priest from the descent, uh, from the house of Aaron and you're offering sacrifice because you're, you're king, you know? So, so, so he, th he thought it was his own personal failing, but the, the man that God had planned to use was not born. So it, it had to be a stopgap king. But Samuel didn't know that. Because by the time Israel was demanding a king, but David wasn't born. So, so you, you cannot take, um, you didn't crown them. Uh, you cannot take uh, personal responsibility for them. It is their Christianity that is, if, if somebody who is a Christian goes there and fails. It is their own faith that they are revealing that the foundation is faulty. Okay. Now there's a there's a you don't have there's, a, but also yes go on. No no please go on sir you're saying something. 
Yes, I, I said um, you don't you don't have any control over who comes to your church or who comes to your joins your ministry. But what you're hoping is that they are learning, they are hearing what you're teaching, and that they are ordering their lives according to the word of God that you're teaching. That's about what we can say. Amen. Amen, doctor. And, and some would argue that you are letting, letting our leaders, our, our church leaders off lightly, because when a man comes and listens to you for years, I mean, why you cannot control him, the thing is he's been listening to you. So if he then goes and takes the position of leadership and begin, begins to mess up, I can, I'm talking about grieving, the grieving of Samuel. From the Bible, we can see that Samuel was still hearing God. So, I mean, his relationship yes, was yes, with God. Yes, Samuel yes, was. I've told you why Samuel was grieving. Yes, okay. Sir. Samuel was grieving because he was directly responsible for choosing Saul. Choosing Saul, yes. Yes. It's his personal, it's, it's directly responsible. Saul, Saul was not known now. He was just like any other young man in Israel. It was Samuel that made him king. And God endorsed it. Now, there's a comment. There's a comment from someone here. It says, Daniel prayed alone. It says, maybe his three close friends joined him. There's really no hope in a united harmonious prayer of the Nigerian church as one. I think you should encourage individuals to pray because all these conferences of prayers are sometimes competition. What is your take on this, sir? No, not a, I'm, not, I'm not urging a conference of prayer. No. I said, share this word wherever you are that we have a credible prophecy that says a season of corruption will be followed by a season of righteousness. So encourage the people, you know, to pray. It's not coming one accord, calling a big conference. No, 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 no. That's not the idea. The idea is you and your wife, uh, or you and your or in your, your Bible study, small Bible study group, you know, say yes. Because this is what God is looking for. He's looking at the heart of the people who believe this word and who are going to come to God and say, Lord, let this season, I, I receive this prophecy. Let this season of righteousness begin. That is Amen. it. Amen. It's, not, it's not to call a conference. Oh, no, 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 no. But being in one accord, you know, you see, like everybody, if everybody on this platform today, you know, how many of us, if you receive the word, you go home, you start to pray this prayer every day. Lord, let this season of righteousness begin. Amen. You know, use whoever you may, you know, or whoever you will, but let the season of righteousness begin. Amen. Our final question, sir, says some people are blaming the church leaders for this government and are quite worried of further involvement by the church leaders again in this election. How do we come There from is no involvement of church leaders. I don't think you haven't gotten it. There is no involvement of church leaders. I said there's involvement of you as a Christian going before God, asking for the birthing of a season of righteousness in Nigeria. What, what has it got to church leader? If, you, if a church leader hears the same word and, and, and sits down in, with his wife and children and prays the same prayer, yes, we're in one accord. So, so don't, don't get into, into all this. No. You see, Daniel is a spiritual person. That's the message. You can do it. You can pray. You see, when, when the season of righteousness comes, they're not going to call a, bring out a list. These are the people who prayed. It's in heaven. You will find out about that. 
Sure. Who are the people who prayed? But this word here today is to encourage everyone who believes in this prophecy, who knows that we have passed through a horrendous season of corruption. Then, then turn around and say, since this is half of the prophecy, let the other half begin. Amen. And our final question, sir. It says, how can we recognize the true leader that God has sent to bring this season of righteousness to pass when he comes? Practical Watch example. now. God is not weak. God is not weak. He knows what to do. I tell people, you, you, you seem to imagine that God is a man. You know, if he wants to do something, he knows what to do to get it done. Amen. Amen. I want you to, to really believe in God. He's the creator of all heaven and earth. There is not, after all, Samuel did not just take Saul and say, I appoint him king. They cast lots, you know, and the lot fell on ben Benjamin. Then the cast lot on Benjamin fell on the house of Kish. Then the cast lot in the house of Kish, he fell on. It's a lot now. But Samuel was not rigging it. But God <laughs> ensured. Oh, yes, God ensured that he came to Saul. Thank you very much, Doctor. Will you pray for us now? Okay, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, you are our Father. You sent us this word that is season of corruption, endemic corruption, destructive corruption, will be followed by a season of righteousness. Lord, we bring it to your attention, O Lord our God, our Father, that we have gone through this season, seven years and counting, of corruption, unprecedented. Now, you are the God of all heaven and earth. All things are in your hands. You are the all-powerful God. It is before you that decisions are made. Lord, we come on bended knees to ask that it may please you to send the season of righteousness to us here in Nigeria, that Amen. we may arise and fulfill destiny Amen. to the glory of your most holy name. Amen. For it is in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you, doctor.